words, you ask the Lord. Amen. me right now. Praise God. Give God a hand for our music ministry. Come on. I'm waiting for a thumbs up. Go ahead and stand with me for the reading of the word and y'all let me know how I sound. If it's too echoey, we'll make an adjustment so far. Y'all never talk back that much ever. Hey, Amen. I like that. That's all right. We got a plan B. It's all good. It's all good. in here today. Amen. Look at today and say, get out of here, devil. Come on. All right. I know you hear me good now. Praise the Lord. Again, I was attempting to say praise God for our music ministry. Give it up for them one more time. Come on, one more time. If you are grateful, you ought to show some signs. Amen. As we read in the initial part of our worship, we're in Galatians chapter 4. Uh, you should have received a sermon note card upon entry. And if you don't like paper, you can go to Uversion Bible app, uh, click on live events. It's the bottom right section there. And you can download a digital copy to your device. And therefore, you can have those on your device until the Lord returns. Amen. Or until you upgrade your devices. That's, that's, <laughs> I'm giving some of y'all time to find Galatians. Amen. That's all I'm doing. Praise God. Galatians chapter 4. Give me a little more of the monitors if you don't mind on the stage here, a little hotter there. Galatians chapter 4. This is one of my favorite uh, passages that deals with the season that we are in. This is Advent. This is the coming uh, that we celebrate every season leading up to uh, the actual Christmas celebration. So Galatians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4, those that are founded say, I've got it. Listen as I read from the Christian Standard Bible. When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then God has made you an heir. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. I want to put a tag on this text for just a little while and preach from the topic, Christmas celebrates freedom. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father God, we're so grateful for this season that we celebrate. And we're even more grateful, Father, for the reason behind the season. So, Father, we pause now to give you praise, honor, glory for the gift of Christ and for what his presence, his entrance into our world, what it meant to each of us. So, Father, the purpose therein is for us to be focused during this season, that we would not get sidetracked or distracted by all that the world throws at us, but that Jesus Christ would be the center and the focus of all of our endeavors. Father, we're grateful again for a time of worship, time of fellowship. Now we ask for intelligent attention to your word as we worship you in the teaching and preaching ministry. 
We give you glory for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, let everybody say amen. 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 Thank you so much, ushers. Christmas celebrates freedom. Our message moment says this. Christmas is a celebration of deliverance. Christmas is a celebration of deliverance. Now, my objective on today is simple. I want to make sure that as you prepare for this season of Christmas time, that you do not allow yourselves to be duped into thinking that Christmas is about something that it is not about. And y'all, it's easy to be duped because if you turn on your television, if you turn on your computer, if you unlock your phone, you'll be bombarded with, with, with things that suggest that Christmas is more about what you give or get than it is about the actual meaning of the season. As a matter of fact, I've been guilty myself of limiting the magnitude of Christmas to what can be placed under a tree. Am I by myself this morning? I've, I've been guilty of, of falsely concluding that the best thing I can give my children is something that I purchase, something that can be returned. But I'm here to declare that the ultimate meaning of Christmas is more about deliverance than it is about what gets delivered on my front door. Oh, help me preach this this morning. And so before we allow ourselves to get sidetracked with secondary meanings for this season, I thought it best to kick off the Christmas season with a focus upon freedom. Oh, somebody say freedom. You are free this morning, aren't you? See, anyone who has placed his or her trust in Jesus Christ automatically, supernaturally, and eternally experiences freedom, which means you don't have to worry about the stuff God saved you from because you've been delivered from that. You don't have to concern yourself with the enemy reminding you of who you used to be because God has delivered you from that. Christmas is a celebration of deliverance. One, one famous theologian puts it this way. He said, Christmas is the son of God expressing the love of God to save us from the wrath of God so we could enjoy the presence of God. Oh, I feel that by myself. I'm going to say it again. Christmas is the son of God expressing the love of God to save us from the wrath of God so we could enjoy the presence of God. So understand what this theologian is suggesting. Christmas goes beyond the trees and the toys. Christmas goes beyond the gifts and the scarves. Christmas is about a loving father sending his son to die for our sins. And if you lose track of that, beloved, I guarantee you your Christmas will be lacking. I guarantee you, you'll enter 2020 with your head held low because you missed a celebration that was designed for you. So in essence, we're discovering here that we did not sin for Christ, but God sent Christ for us. We had nothing to do with him coming, but we, we're completely uh, uh, benefactors or beneficiaries of what was done through his birth, death, and resurrection. In our passage for today, we find Paul uh, re-emphasizing the fact of Jesus' coming. These few verses, he is, he is proving a, a, a key principle about Jesus Christ and why he came. 
Because unfortunately, the believers at Galatia had gotten sidetracked. See, something happens, y'all. Even strong believers, these were new believers, but even strong believers can be tempted with being sidetracked. So, so Paul is writing these new believers to, to clarify the power of faith in the face of those promoting the law. If, if I would, I would just jump back to, to chapter 3. He says, for all who rely on the works of the law, verse 10, are under a curse because it is written, everyone who does not do everything written in the book of the law is cursed. Somebody say cursed. Now it is clear that no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by, there it is, faith. But the law is not based on faith. Instead, the one who does these things will live by them. Verse 13 is crucial. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it is written, curse is everyone who is hung on a tree. I'll stop right there. So what's happening in Galatia is they're, they're allowing these uh, Judaizers to bring them back into bondage. They have been delivered. Christmas is about being delivered. They have been delivered by grace through faith. But unfortunately, these Judaizers were bringing them back into bondage. And Paul calls them in verse 3, he says, you foolish Galatians. Why are you allowing yourselves to be re-handcuffed? When the Lord Jesus Christ has already, I'm teaching up in here, when the Lord Jesus Christ has already delivered you. And see, beloved, I'm convinced that we allow ourselves to be re-handcuffed in a similar fashion. When we celebrate everything except Jesus during Christmas time. Oh, help me preach this. When, when we allow ourselves to not even mention his name. So these Judaizers, these Judaizers, get ready to write. The Judaizers were placing the law, get that down, over the Lord. They were placing the law over the Lord. Christ came as a demonstration of the Father's love for mankind. And so they were placing the law over the Lord. And it's clear that Paul is communicating in this passage Anybody who follows the law is still under the curse. But those who are walking in faith are experiencing freedom. So as we approach our chapter for focus, Paul offers a running comparison of an heir with a slave. And he is contrasting the believer's current position with their previous position before Christ. See, a Roman child in verses 1 through 3 was an heir, had no rights. Although he was an heir, as long as he was a child, he was treated like a slave. Look at verse 1, if you will. He says in verse 1, Now I say that as long as the heir is a child, he differs in no way from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, instead he is under guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elements of the world. And so Paul wants us to understand that although this child was an heir, he was treated like a slave. He had ownership, watch this, without access. 
Oh, God, he, he, he owned it, but he, he didn't have possession of it. His role and rights did not change until the father deemed him mature and suitable to receive what had been prepared for him. So also, those of us before we met Christ, and I need you to think about your life before Christ. See, that's a wonderful reminder as you approach this Christmas season to not get caught up, Stephen Brown. Paul says, before you met Christ, number one, get ready to write, y'all, you were in bondage. Get that down. You're in bondage. You were in bondage. And don't, don't sugarcoat your bondage state. Don't, don't, don't focus on the good times you had only. If you're going to look at your bondage years, look at the whole thing, somebody. When, 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 you, when you reflect on your season of bondage, your before Christ time, look at the whole picture. See, when I was coming up, you know, we, we'd hang out and uh, got to make sure who's in here listening. Amen. We'd participate. It's before Christ, y'all. It's before I understood, you know, things. And so we'd partake. I got one hand witness. Some of y'all too holy. You, you, before Christ. And, 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 and oftentimes, when we reflect on those bondage days, again, we only focus on the highlights. But we don't take enough time to reflect on the morning after. Oh, help me preach this, y'all. And, 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 and as a consequence, we diminish our need for deliverance. See, if my bondage is good, then I really don't need deliverance. And y'all, that's the selective memory that we choose to embrace. But Paul said, no, no, no. I need y'all to understand something. You were in bondage. And understand something about bondage. When you are in bondage, you are, you, you, you are unable to deliver yourself. Oh, let's, let's, let's press through. Let's press through. Let's press through. A Paul says, in bondage. Somebody say, in bondage. But then secondly, Christ came. Secondly, we were under the law. Get that down. Under under the law. He already communicated that if, 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 if you're restricted to the law, you're under a curse. And the law was, was a written mosaic document that, listen, nobody could cross all the T's or dot all the I's. Everyone fell short. No one could master the law. That's the curse. That's the, that's the bondage. That's the yoke that Jesus came to set us free. As a matter of fact, only someone perfect who could fulfill the law was qualified to deliver us from the law. And that individual is Jesus Christ. So we were in bondage. We were under the law in need of a promise. We were in bondage. We were under the law. Thirdly, we were out of fellowship out of fellowship we were in need of a mediator out of fellowship pastor what do you mean out of fellowship child of God remember I've told you so many times that when you go all the way back to the broken fellowship with Adam and Eve that is where it all began listen it ain't your it ain't your fault but it is your problem and so as a consequence, you have to know that before you receive Christ as Savior and Lord, you are out of fellowship. 
and you needed a mediator to come and to grab your hand and to introduce you to the Father. See, this is what Christmas means. Christmas celebrates freedom. So then when did Jesus come? Let's move forward. When did Jesus come? According to this passage, Jesus came at the appointed time by the Father. Verse 4 says, when the time came to completion. Other version says, but when the fullness of time had come. There's something dealing with timing here. So God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Jesus Christ is the son of God. And so over 2,000 years ago, he entered our existence because he was our only hope because God sent him, makes him fully divine and fully human. Watch this. Watch. Let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. God sent him. That means he is what? Fully divine. Get that, get that down, fully divine. And we've talked about this beautiful union that the Lord Jesus Christ embraced. And, and, and listen, uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2 says that, that he did not count uh, equality with God as something to be held on, to grasp. So he humbled himself. He humbled himself and, and he entered our existence. He, he became man, but he did not lose his deity, his divinity. He is fully divine. And that is evidenced by God sending him. But then secondly, he is fully human. Because Texas, he was born of a woman. And so on last night, my family and I, we watched The Star. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful uh, a cartoon. It's, it's an animated story of, of, of the birth of Christ. And how Mary and, and how she was greeted by the angel Gabriel and, and given her assignment. How she didn't understand it, but she trusted the perfect will of God for her life. And then Joseph also was approached by the angel and said, listen, I know you're betrothed to this woman, but she's already pregnant. Ooh, that's a word. That's a word right there. And, and Joseph said, listen, I don't know, but, but I'm, I'm going to go in faith. And he had in mind to divorce her, but he was reminded in a dream, don't, don't you do that. You marry this woman. And so all of these factors come into place to not only fulfill prophecy, but to give us what we needed. And so this, this Jesus, he's he, he sent by the Father, fully divine. He's born of a woman, fully human. That's a beautiful thing to experience. So here we are in Christmas time. And the greatest temptation is to forget what I've just shared with you. The greatest challenge for the believer during this season is to limit Christmas to things. Oh, your neighbor just fell asleep. Give them an elbow so you need to hear this part. Come on. I didn't say slap on, I said elbow. And so as a consequence, as a consequence, you're going to be tempted during this season to go back, to, to reshackle your minds and your spirits with the, the limited understanding with what this season has to offer. Well, why did Jesus come? Well, he, he came to, to, to demonstrate his love for us because we were in bondage, we were under the law, we were out of fellowship. When did Jesus come? When the fullness of time had come. God sent him fully divine, born of a woman, fully human. What then, thirdly, what did he accomplish? 
Jesus' entrance into our existence performed the greatest miracle the world has ever known. His coming ushered in our freedom. Look at verse 4 again. When the time came to completion, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Get ready to write. Jesus came to redeem and to receive us as sons and daughters. Jesus came to redeem and to receive us as sons and daughters. Redemption purchased, redemption taken, redemption given another chance, redemption power, redemption moving on our behalf. He, he redeemed us. Lord, look at the children coming in church. Amen. Are y'all on the same bus? What's going on? Come on in, young people. Come on in. In the middle of the sermon. I love it. Come on in. Find your mamas. Find your daddies. Come on in. Come on in. Amen. I, I, yeah, all right. This is all on the tape. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, Jesus came to redeem and to receive us as sons and daughters. So here, here is the bigger picture. Here is the bigger picture. We needed redemption. Help, help me, somebody. We needed redemption. We needed to be purchased. We needed, listen, someone to advocate for us. Y'all, there was nothing that we can do about our current state. We were in bondage. Watch this. We were under the law, and we were out of fellowship. There was nothing we could do for ourselves. But when the fullness of time had come, when, when the time came to completion, Jesus came. So you got to understand the beauty of what this season is all about. He came born of a woman. Just stop right there. That's, that's the beauty of the immaculate conception. That's, that's the beauty of what the Lord did for every single one of us. So when I limit Christmas to things, I'm missing the moment. I don't want you to go into this season missing it. Stories told of Paul Lee Tan, and it illustrates the meaning of redemption. Uh, he, was, he was walking down his street near his church, and this little boy approached him with a, a, a cage filled with birds. And so he asked the little boy, hey, son, what are you going to do with those, with those birds? He said, oh, well, I'll just play with them for a little while and probably let my cat eat them. He says, oh, oh okay, uh, well, that's, that's pretty harsh, son. So uh, how about... I buy these birds from you. Oh, sir, these birds, they're cheap. You don't want these birds. These just, I just found these birds just, just in my area. You don't, you don't want these birds. He says, no, no, I do. I'm going to give you $2 right now for that whole cage of birds. He says, okay, it's a deal, but you're making a bad bargain. These birds are worth nothing. And then Brother Tan took those birds. He opened that cage. And he released them. And the following Sunday, he carried that same empty cage to his pulpit and put it on the top as a demonstration of what Jesus' blood did to redeem every single one of us. Y'all, we were worthless birds. We, we, didn't, we didn't have any value in us beyond him, beyond his stamp on our lives. But Jesus' blood paid the price and redeemed us and set us free. 
Is there anybody in the house that can testify that I've been redeemed? Jesus came to redeem and to receive us as sons and daughters. So with that redemption came a new status. We, we, we were then, watch, we were renamed and relabeled. And here is the beautiful thing about being relabeled. It doesn't matter what they used to call you. uh, Oh, God. Uh, 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 Jesus came. Jesus came. Watch this to redeem and to receive us as sons and daughters. Secondly, the text is moving. The Holy Spirit came. Watch this. To renew and to revive our relationship with the Father. Uh, The Holy Spirit came to renew and to revive our relationship with the Father. Verse 6 says, and because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, you understand the work of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit seals our salvation, how the Holy Spirit empowers us, how the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2 and ignited the church and, and all that the Holy Spirit has done in the fullness of time. And in this passage, he reminds us that the Spirit is, is that agent within us that empowers us, that offers us revival. He says, listen, when the Holy Spirit enters your hearts, you will be crying out, Daddy. Abba, Father. What a joy it is to know, watch this, that that because of Christ, because of the spirit of Christ, we have a father that we can cry out to. I know what you're thinking, Pastor Brown, I don't have a good relationship with my earthly dad, but thanks be to God, I have a father in heaven that loves me so much that he made provisions for my sin, that, that he purchased me, that he sent his spirit, and through his Holy Spirit, I now I have a relationship with my father. See, some of us don't know when to shout. You know, if I were to promise you health and wealth in 2020 and told you that January 15th you're going to get a check, you'd be running all around this place. But I told you that the father sent his spirit to renew and to revive your wretched soul and you just doing that. Church folk don't know when to shout. See, you're worried about things when the Lord has changed your eternal destiny. And I don't know about you, but when I think of all that the Lord has done for me by sending his son, by sending his spirit, I got to cry out, hallelujah. There's renewal and revival. Where the Holy Spirit is. I'm I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. Jesus came to redeem us and to receive us as sons and daughters. He's he's given us newness. The Holy Spirit came to renew and to revive us. Abba, Father. But then thirdly and finally, the Father renames us from slaves to heirs. Oh, God. Oh, God. Let Let me sip on that. Renames us. Look, look at verse 7. He says, so you are no longer. You are no more. Mm. That that you used to be is now terminated. I don't care what them folks from where you came from still call you. You don't answer to that name no more. 
because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Watch this. You have, you have been translated to no longer being a slave, but it didn't stop there, but also a son. And he says, and if you are a son, then God has made you an heir. Let me talk about an heir for just a moment. An heir means you have something that you are receiving that you are not responsible for. See, you had nothing to do with your inheritance. You're just the recipient. See, the father has done all the work. All you have to do is receive. Oh, I feel that by myself. We, 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 we've been talking. We've been talking. We haven't done it yet. My wife and I, we've been talking about getting our wills uh, in order, living wills, and, and, and I guess a death will, whatever that is, and all that stuff. And, and, and as a consequence, it forces us to look at our assets, watch this, to determine what Stephen Nicholas and Simone Elise will receive. Now understand this, I love my kids, but they have not worked one day in their lives. Y'all ain't hearing me. But in the unfortunate event that something were to happen to Nicole or me, Stephen and Simone would be set. Are y'all hearing me? We got life insurance. We got death insurance. We got, we got a, a savings for their education. If we were to pass away, they'd be set. You know why? Because they're heirs. Oh, God, I need a witness up in here. And all I'm asking as I bring this little feeble message to a close, is there anybody in the house that can testify that, yeah, I was a slave. I did what they said I did. I used to be what they saw me doing. But watch this. I ain't a slave no more. Because of the power of Christ, I have translated from a slave to a son or daughter to an heir. So there's, there's been some renaming, some reconstituting, some, some repositioning. And as a consequence, y'all, we have more on this side than we could have ever imagined. Y'all, Christmas celebrates freedom. And that's what I need for you to embrace during this whole season. From now through the beginning of next year, I need you to focus on Christ. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor Brown, listen, that's good for the church, but when I get out there, what difference does it make? Why would it even matter if I got out there and, and was talking about Christ? Those folk don't believe like we believe. Brother Golter was a missionary in northern China in the 1940s. Now I'm finished. After 10 years of service, he was returning home from his missionary endeavor. His ship stopped in India. Watch this. And while waiting for a boat to take him home to the States, he encountered a group of refugees living in a warehouse on the pier. They were unwanted by anyone. No one paid them any mind. They were refugees and they were stranded there. Golta went in to visit with them. And it was Christmas time. And he asked them what they wanted for Christmas. He walked in and he said, Merry Christmas. What is it that you all want for Christmas? To which they responded, we're not Christians. We don't believe in Christmas. Go to the missionary and said, I know, but what do you want for Christmas? They described some German pastries they were particularly fond of. And Golter, he, he cashed in his ticket home. Help me preach this, y'all. 
And he used the money to buy baskets and baskets of the pastries that they desired. Then he took them to the refugees and wished them a Merry Christmas. When he told this story, by the time he got back to the States, he told what had happened in his experience. One of his students said to him, but sir, why did you do that for them? They weren't Christians. They don't even believe in Jesus. Golter responded, I know they don't believe, but I do. And that's all I'm trying to get you to see, child of God. I know they're not going to believe what you tell them when you talk about how Jesus came and how he came for those in bondage. But watch this, because you believe, you ought to tell them anyway. Is there a witness in the house that will, dis that will shout to the mountaintops, Hail Hosanna! Give God a hand of praise. We're done. Come on, come on. Give God some praise right there. Come on. Everyone stand on your feet. Come on, everyone stand. Come on, come on. Stand to your feet. Don't, no one moving just now. Heads about, eyes are closed. Hold tight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the simplicity of your word. We thank you for the gift of Christ. We thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all that we are anticipating during this season. So, Father, I'm asking and praying and pleading that from our house, from my house to every house, that we would not allow Jesus to be lost in this season. Father, when he first entered our world, there was no room for him where he came. Father, may we make room for the Lord Jesus. Father, may we not allow the sales, the advertisements to trick us. Fathers, we read in Galatians, it's easy to be duped. It's easy to be reshackled. Of course, the believers at Galatia, there were loftier things at, at, in, in play during their season. They were being taken back into bondage. But Father, if we aren't careful, we'll be in such a, a hurry that we'll, we'll literally miss Jesus during Christmas. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. For every person under the sound of my voice. And Lord, I ask in faith that you would help each of us to see Christ during this season. And Lord, when we're tempted to focus on things that don't matter, may your Holy Spirit convict us, revive, renew, seal, cement. Father, we thank you. We give you glory, praise, and honor. In the name of Jesus. Let everybody say amen. Come on, give God a hand of praise right there. Come on.